Hello. Welcome into the podcast, Dodging Through the Ravine. It is your host, Youngsta, coming to you guys on this Friday, December the 8th, 2023. What is that? Is that 17 days until Christmas? Pretty sure it is. Uh, two, and so. half, two and a half weeks until Christmas. And the winter meetings have come and gone, and Shohei Otani still does not have a team. He's still not signed with anybody. It remains a mystery. Yeah, quite the mystery that we saw this past week, and especially today on Friday, December 8th, to go down in the history books as Twitter or X lore. I mean, if you have social media, if you're fairly active on X, I mean, and you're a baseball fan, even if you're not a baseball fan, you were in the Shohei Otani talk. Like, you saw just Randy's posting about Shohei Otani trying to get engagement, trying to pay the bills. Like, it was ridiculous. Um, there was speculation. There's been speculation all week about Otani that really it's going to come down to the Blue Jays and the Dodgers. And it's like, oh, boy, buckle up. Here we go. Blue Jays and Dodgers, final two teams in the race. Who's it going to be? Um as of right now, at 7.52 p.m., we still do not know. It was looking like he was going to be a Blue Jay last night, actually. I saw rumors last night that he was going to be, that he was going to be a Toronto Blue Jay because of the DraftKings odds that the Vegas books had pretty much set in stone going to Toronto. I was like, oh, look at this. Blue Jays, do they know something? Then there was somebody tracking a flight from last night they saw that there was going to be a private jet leaving this morning from Anaheim to Toronto. It was like, oh, it's Shohei Otani. He's going to go to Toronto and sign a contract. He's a Blue Jay. I did see that as well, and it did not happen. So maybe it was like a business owner for Otani or someone who speaks for Otani, maybe. You don't know who it was? I have no idea who it was. I don't think it was Otani. Uh, it, it wasn't Otani, and we'll get to that. It was actually confirmed that it was not Otani. It was some random guy. Um, not not a random nobody, but somebody in Shark Tank. I don't watch Shark Tank. I'm not up with pop culture like that. He's a Shark Tank owner or something. Um, yeah, some famous dude there. He took a plane from John Wayne to Toronto. It was not Otani. Um but it was it was reported earlier this morning by John Morosi, and let me tell you something, John Morosi. I have always thought John Morosi was bad at his job. Like I like I've always just thought he was just terrible at being a reporter. And today was just kind of the icing on the cake. I mean, this guy reported today that, first of all, that a deal is going to be imminent, that Shohei Otani is going to sign today. Then he went on to say hours later that, oh, yeah, Shohei Otani is, in fact, in that plane going to Toronto. That was then debunked. I mean, how is this guy still getting paid to get on MLB Network, which he was then on MLB Network even after all this? Blatantly lying. How is this possible? I think he's just trying to spread the rumor. He's just trying to get more attention on it. The more attention, the more money that it comes with. 
so you're saying MLB purposely is promoting that to have to be the case, just promote lies. Why wouldn't they? I mean, I, I understand, but can you can you go any further? I'm pretty much saying from like a business standpoint, you want as much media attention on Otani as possible. The the team that gets him, they're they're most likely gonna win a World Series. So if MLB is trying to flock towards that, then it means, you know, one team's gonna be heavily favored in the next three to four seasons. And that, you know, media marketing you know, that fan base probably hasn't been to the World Series in a long time, Toronto. So, you know, it's just, there's a lot of money that comes from it. Yeah, well, uh, John Morosi was just spewing lies all day long. And uh, I've never liked John Morosi, and today was just kind of the padding to that, like I mentioned already. Like, he's bad. Like, do not listen to John Morosi. Really, a lot of these MLB journalists are, are pretty terrible at what they do. I'm just going to be honest. They're in a world of be the first one. It's not about be correct. It's just about being the first. And it's it's ridiculous. I mean, it really is ridiculous. Um, something's got to change with that. I, I don't know, but something has to be just – somebody has to be loud, held accountable. I get it. It was an insane day on, on X. But come on, can we get some truth? Can we get some actual facts? You know, you hyped up all these fans just for Otani not to sign when we thought he was going to sign today. And, you know, that's a big reason why I kind of just stay away from X and Twitter. You know, all these baseball guys, you know, they want to get the big deal, the, the, the first scoop on it. Like, you know, I'll see it on Instagram eventually. I'll see the post from MLB, all the baseball accounts I follow. And uh, to go along with that, J.P. Hornstra. He's a Dodger media personnel of, of Dodger Nation now. He reported this morning as well that it's a done deal. Shohei, Shohei is going to go to the Toronto Blue Jays. He's a Blue Jay. It's over. And so that does make me wary. It's like, okay, this guy has been in and around the Dodgers organization. How credible is he? I don't think he's super credible, as some are thinking that he is. But it is interesting. So it's just like, okay, he leaked this early in the morning that the Dodgers would not be signing him, that it would be the Blue Jays. Could it be that the Dodgers are telling him really to – could it be the Dodgers are telling him to to leak this information to temper the fan base's expectations? You know, because we all thought – at least I thought for sure, like, oh, yeah, he's just going to be a Blue Jay. It's just – it's going to be any second. It's going to be announced, right? Like, I thought he would be a Blue Jay. But now it's just like, who knows? Who knows indeed? Will he be a giant? Will he be a Blue Jay? Will he still be a Dodger? I mean, I don't know why all the talk is favored towards Toronto. If, you know, who knows? He could sign this weekend with Toronto and all that talk could be confirmed. No, we just, just have to wait a couple more days, hopefully. If uh, if Shohei Otani, if he signs during this podcast, you owe me an out. No. I think that's you, you already owe me in and out. <laughs> well, we're going to do a little reverse play here, all right? If you sign, if um, the news breaks no. on this podcast in the next 30 minutes. I'm not agreeing to that, no. You're going to owe me in and out. So we'll see the next half hour if he, in fact, does sign with any team. 
and I'll get some in and out. But uh, with all of that being funny. said, um, yeah, pretty pretty crazy stuff. I mean, just just awful. And then of course Bob Nightingale debunked that, saying no, he's not in a plane to Toronto. He's in Southern California. And since then, we haven't heard anything. It's just been pretty quiet. The news just kind of died after that. So, who knows what's going to happen with Shohei Otani? But um, do you suspect that he's still going to be a Blue Jay, or is that all smoke? Do you think it's going to be a Dodgers? Is he going to resign with the Angels? Is it going to be a mystery team? Where do you land on Shohei Otani after all this saga? Okay, so all the talk is favored towards the Blue Jays. Is it because Kikuchi's on that team? Uh, the Angels, you know, they don't really have any uh, Japanese guys on that team. Otani said he wanted to play to for a team to compete. He wanted to play with some people from Japan as well. The Blue Jays sounds right. I believe Hunjin Ryu is a free agent as well. So even if they want to bring him back for a season, they can do that. It was just There's a reason why all the talk is favored towards Toronto. And, you know, at this point, I I don't think the Dodgers are a contender anymore. It's either the Blue Jays or another team. And it could be the Giants or it could be the Mets. Who knows? Why do you believe the Dodgers are not a contender anymore? Because our front office is dumb and stupid. Oh, we didn't even mention that, uh, the Dave Roberts thing that leaked earlier in the week. Yeah, that was that was part of my reasoning why just saying things that shouldn't have been said publicly in media interviews. Yeah, it's one thing to track a plane, but it's one thing to leak your personal meetings, private meetings with somebody. Yeah, and it was said that Otani had met with them before the winter meetings. So, you know, first priority maybe, but who knows now. So, yeah, that whole Dave Roberts thing was just quite baffling talking about, oh, I'm not going to lie, but that's what managers do and front offices do. They lie a lot of the time. Why would he say, why would he say anything? It's just super strange to me. It was just very strange. So I, I really don't know what's going on with Otani. I don't know where he's going. All along, I, I just – I can't even picture him being a Dodger. Like, I can you even picture that? Like, I, I literally can't even imagine that. I could see him being a blue jay. I could see him in that uniform. I, I cannot see him in a Dodger uniform. Like signing with the Dodgers. I hope I'm wrong, but it's just like knowing our team, knowing our front office, like I just can't see it. And I believe the Blue Jays are one of those teams where they'll overpay. I wouldn't say an overpay, but they'll exceed the five hundred million dollar mark to get them. They're desperate for a championship. They they just signed um Shorts uh, Bichette, they just signed Bo Bichette to the rest of his arbitration years. They have Vladdy Guerrero. They got George Springer in the outfield. Dalton Varsho. That team is set to win the World Series. They've already been spending a lot of money. And at this point, you know, why wouldn't they drop $600 million on Otani? Yeah, um, I'm I'm okay if the Dodgers don't drop $600 million. I, I'm okay. I won't, you know, uh, roast them for that. I, I think the Dodgers are definitely not going to offer the most money, even though they could. They're not. They're not going to do that. I, I think the ceiling for the Dodgers is $500 million. 
and I'd be pretty shocked then. But I think 500 million is probably the highest that I could see them going. I'm thinking 450 the lowest just because it'd be pretty laughable if he doesn't break Trout's contract. So I think you have to get to at least 450. So 450 and 500 million is kind of where I think the Dodgers are going to land at. But we'll see. I would say the highest they go to, it's maybe like 515 to like 530 million. You know, Otani's going to want that extra 15, 30 million. It's going to be like another 2 million AAV, depending on, you know, if it's a 15 year contract or not. So I would say like, you know, 520, 530 range. Yeah, this whole Otani saga is really interesting. It took quite the turn today. And, um, who knows when it's going to break? I, I don't know when this is going to break. It could break tonight. It could break tomorrow. Let's hope it doesn't break at 5 in the morning. That would not be cool. It, I don't know when it's going to break, but do you feel like before we move on, do you think this is going to happen this weekend? What would How would it benefit Otani on delaying his signing? Like, what if he just waits, like, another two months until he signs? It, it would – I wouldn't be surprised by it. I honestly wouldn't. You know, he, he didn't want much media attention to it, even though it was bound to happen. He didn't want teams talking about it, which was bound to happen. So, like, why wouldn't he just say, like, I ah, no, screw this. Like, he could go home to Japan or, you know, back to Anaheim and just chill for two to three months and still get the biggest paycheck ever. So I honestly wouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah, we'll be watching the Otani saga as it unfolds. Again, the Dodgers are supposedly in the running. I do have my concerns over the last week that I don't think they're in it, according to the leaks. But, God, I hope I'm wrong. And we're talking about a Shohei Otani signing here very, very soon. Um Moving on to uh, another thing that Dave Roberts talked about this past week at the winter meeting is that Mookie Betts is going to play second base. Mookie Betts is our everyday second baseman. Now, I'm not sure why you come out and say that Mookie Betts is your everyday second baseman. What exactly is the beneficiary of that? Who benefits from saying that? I... I, I I totally disagree with that. I don't know why he's our everyday second baseman now. Like he we signed him as an outfielder. He's won multiple gold gloves in the outfield. He should be in right field. We have so many dang prospects that can play second base. It just doesn't make sense. I get it. They're they're trying to preserve his thirties. They want him to play probably till he's age forty at least. But it just it's like you know, his arm, what he does in the outfield, no one else does that in right field except Mookie Betts. You can argue, you know, Aaron Judge has a great arm, which he does. Tatis has been a good outfielder for his time there. But Mookie Betts is just Mookie Betts. So for the team to decide that and Dave Roberts to just, oh, announce it all blatantly, like, it's like a, to me, it feels like a big middle finger kind of. Yeah, you made a little good point there that obviously Mookie Betts is going to be here for a long time. I don't know how many years are left. I think eight. Eight years might be left. Eight years might be left on that contract. I think 
yeah, it's something like that. Eight or eight years, I think. Let's just say eight. So he's gonna be here a long time. Mookie Betts is already what thirty-two years old. I don't know exactly. Thirty-three, age. I believe. He's in his mid thirties, mid to early thirties. He's kind of at the end of his prime. I feel like I don't know if that's fair to say, but he's still in his prime. But he's definitely past the middle of it. So, you know, as players age, father time will catch up, and so. Um, it's important for Mookie Betts to stay at the highest level of player possible. Obviously, his last year of his contract, he's not going to be the same player in the first year. That's just obvious, but you would still like him to be halfway decent at age 38 or 39, whatever, right? The last two, three years. So playing second base is less uh, strenuous on the body, right? That's not a a super tough position to play as to covering right field all the time, arm and legs and all that. So, yeah, in, in the long run, it's better for Mookie Betts. In the short term, <laughs> for the Dodgers, they re-signed Jason Hayward. I'm not sure if they're expecting Jason Hayward to play right field every day. I'm not sure if that's the winning formula, but guess what? I mean, if it means less platooning, I'm all for it. If it means more platooning, I'm not for it, as I mentioned already. So, um, I guess we're going to find out when the team hits spring training. But, yeah, Mookie Betts second base. Obviously, we're not mad that he's at second. He could play a good second base, but it just takes away his dynamic defense and right field. The multiple Oak Glove awards that he's won. Um, I, I've seen this argument that, oh, it's easier to find. Um, I think they said it's easier to find uh, offense in right field than it is to find offense at second base. That's the argument that I'm seeing. I, I think that's fair to say, honestly. If you take a look around the league at second basemen's, you know, Bryson Stott is probably one of the better ones out there. Jazz has moved to the outfield. Song Kim, utility infielder, he's pretty good. So I would I would say that's pretty fair. So, you know, you're, you're getting more bang for your buck, in essence. Uh, again, um, I prefer Mookie Betts on right field. Obviously, he's going to still play right field. He's not going to be a second baseman forever. He'll go to right field at certain games or whatever. But I per- I guess primarily entering 2024, we're going to see my second base. So get ready for that. Yeah, should be interesting seeing him and Freddie right there again. Like I said, he plays a really good second base, but Mookie Betts should be in right field. Um, Chase Hayward's not a bad right fielder, but is Jason Hayward an everyday player? That's my question. They have to make Chris Taylor an everyday starter, too. He's – I get it, the whole platoon thing. They like it. it it's over, though. You know, that, that time has come and gone. You know, you, if Mookie Betts wasn't the designated second baseman and they already said Gavin Lux is going to be shortstop, Chris Taylor should be – either the everyday second baseman or the everyday left fielder because Hayward's going to be in right field. So I think Chris Taylor's really going to be getting some more action the next couple seasons. Yeah, hopefully Chris Taylor performs better. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but he had a child. So maybe that'll help. If you take a look at the recent Dodgers who have had kids after they were born, they did pretty well afterwards. Yeah, so let's hope uh, that CT3 joins that illustrious list of Dodgers 
that perform better after they have a kid. Um, but yeah, overall, Mookie Betts to second base. I'm not the happiest guy on the planet, but it's not the end of the world at the same time. It's a little bit too early to tell how this Dodger team is going to look going into next season. Um, lastly, with the Dodger news, we had a Joe Kelly signing earlier in the week as well. Uh, Joe Kelly, everybody's favorite, fan favorite, Rancho's own 2020 Correa Astros. Like Everybody loves him. Um, the pitcher for me, though, the player for me, not the best pitcher in my opinion. I, I've been pretty vocal about it for a long time. He doesn't move me. He doesn't wow me. He doesn't really excite me. It doesn't give me any confidence out there. Uh, he's a streaky pitcher, if if even that. I don't even know if streaky is the right word for him. But Joe Kelly is back for one years and one year and eight million dollars. He had an option for one year and nine million dollars. So the Dodgers essentially saved about a million dollars, or it's like five hundred million or five hundred thousand dollars according to a buyout, opt out, something, some out there. But they save a between a million dollars, Joe Kelly being back. Joe Kelly brought back. What are your thoughts? I think eight million dollars is a quite a bit of an overpay. Honestly, I would have settled maybe in the four to six million dollar range. Before his clubhouse, for his attitude, no, the extra million. He, I think he does deserve it. And you know, Joe Kelly is just—he's always going to be loved in LA, despite his performance. So I don't, I don't really think there's any like negativity towards this signing. I just hope he does better than he did while we had him last season. Because you know, Joe Kelly is—he's either good or he's just mid. You know. And uh, Joe Kelly is also a guy that is injury prone. You look at his career; he he gets injured quite a lot. He spent a lot of time on the IL. So you could almost pencil in a Joe Kelly IL stint at some point. I don't know for how long, but you can almost guarantee it. And so $8 million is, is pretty steep. I'm going to be honest. That's pretty steep for Joe Kelly. He got paid. Most of these guys on the market are getting paid. I mean, maybe it's just the market out there. It, it, I mean, I don't know what's going on, but $8 million is a lot of money for Joe Kelly when you're paying Blake Tryon a million dollars. So there's that. But, yeah, Joe Kelly, I- I'm not too thrilled about it. He's a bullpen arm, wild stuff. There was a hard fastball, a sharp breaking ball. You don't know where you're throwing it. You don't know what Joe Kelly you're getting on a game-to-game basis. Like I said, it- it's a whatever signing for me. It-, it does not move the needle to, oh, yeah, this is a World Series team now. Like, it does not move the needle for me. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a a World Series winning uh, signing. So we we're gonna see how it goes. And with Joe's IL, you know, it does raise concern. Like Trident getting a million was injured. No, we're gonna have like at least ten million on the IL just from the bullpen. So that is a little concerning. Yeah, so, so far, the Dodger offseason, like, with all of their signings and moves, 
it's a C minus at this point. Like this has not been a great offseason. It's a C minus. I'm flirting with a D plus, but it's a C minus. I'm not thrilled about this team going to next season as of right now. It's really just been bringing back guys, Muncie, Callie, Hayward. Uh, Chris Archer was hired in the front office. Nelson Cruz. No, it really hasn't been anything too big on the playing field. Yeah, so where, where would you rank it so far off of what we've seen? Man, I, I think I got to go with a C- minus as well. I think a C would be too nice. I think a D-plus would just be not trusting these guys enough. So I, I'm giving it a, a solid C-, minus, like a solid 72% C-. minus. I think 69% would be a little bit more like a C-, minus, but... I think 69 is literally a D plus. Anything below 70. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So overall, the Dodgers got some work to do. If, if their offseason so far is a C minus grade, they have some work to do. So uh, trust me, this is not the end of the Dodger talk, obviously. But as of today, that's all I have in the Dodger talk. Anything else you want to add? Uh, Verdugo. Verdugo was traded to the Yankees, former Dodger, now on the Yankees. Hope to see him do good there. Yes, Alex Verdugo, the Dodger uh, trade piece in Mookie Betts deal. Went over to the Boston Red Sox. Then he got traded to the New York Yankees this past week. The Yankees looking pretty good. They also traded for Juan Soto, by the way, in case you were under a rock. The Yankees traded for Juan Soto and Trent Grisham. So Soto and Grisham are out of the division. Uh, going back to San Diego, a lot of players and Michael King was the premier arm there. Michael King should be pretty good. Watch out for him. But Soto, Grisham, Verdugo on the Yankees. Are they a World Series team now? Mm, with Soto, I still say their pitching is the rough spot. I wouldn't necessarily say that. Rodon really needs to step up. I'd give them the division. Over Baltimore and over Tampa Bay. Yeah, the Yankees pitching definitely definitely needs some work. I, I think that's holding them back as well. Their pitching isn't that great. Um, but their offense looks pretty good. They still got Garrett Cole, Cy Young winner, my fantasy pitcher. Love that guy. So he's pretty much the only piece they got. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. So the Yankees, though, obviously clearly upgraded their team. Um, blockbuster traded Juan Soto. We thought he would get traded. It, it happened, so that was kind of nice to see. Uh, the Braves have been cooking up with some trades all offseason long. They traded for Jared Kelenic, the youngster, highly talented prospect for the Mariners that never quite worked out. Gets a new start in Atlanta. And the Braves have been really active here at the trade market. They have been extremely active. Um, they also then flipped Marco Gonzalez to the Pirates. They flipped Evan White to the Angels, so they kept Kellenick in that Mariners trade. Uh, Evan White went to the Angels. They acquired Max Stassi and David Fletcher. David Fletcher was a pretty uh, fan favorite there with the Angels. Now it's going to Atlanta. Um, we'll see how he does there. Uh, Max Stassi is going to get probably flipped again, so they're probably going to do another trade here very, very soon. 
because they have two catchers already in uh, Darno and Sean Murphy. So the Braves hard at work there with the trades. Kellenic, I think, is going to do well in Atlanta. I, I think Kellenic has some potential there. Um, so watch out. Wade Miley to the Brewers on a one-year deal. Wade Miley been in the league for quite a long time. Yeah, I think Kalanick is going to do very well in that East Coast again. He's back in the NL East where the Mets formerly drafted him. So he will be back in the Queens playing at the Mets Stadium again. Should be an interesting couple years for him. And do you know who the pirate trade was for? I don't. It, it, Marco Gonzalez went to Pittsburgh. I don't know who went back to Atlanta. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I know Evan White had signed like a six-year deal, like signed out his arbitration deals. So I thought the Braves were going to be paying that. But then they dumped him or traded him away. So they pretty much cleared up his contract that would have been paid for. Yeah, they're making a bunch of transactions there with the Braves. Um, Wade Miley, doubt the piece of the Brewers. Nothing too crazy there. Uh, Orioles signed Craig Kimbrell. We, of course, know who Craig Kimbrell is, one of the best closers of all time. Was at Audrey for a year, went to the Philadelphia Phillies last year. Now he's going to the Baltimore Orioles. So Craig just keeps getting paid, keeps playing. Yeah, he can get a lot of saves. He's, uh, I wouldn't say he's the best in the postseason, but you know, he's had his fair share of time in the postseason. And as long as he does well enough, I think, you know, postseason teams, they're going to keep wanting him. So Baltimore Oreos, young playoff team right there. Should be interesting right there. Yep, we'll see how he does in Baltimore. Just another team on the MLB grid for him. Uh, $13 million <laughs> for Craig Kimbrell. Um, he got some incentives as well. Absolutely. And the... Guardians won the draft lottery. Did you know that happened? I did see that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why it's still like a lotto pick. Like, it's it's weird, but yeah, I did see that they got the first pick. I believe the Dodgers were in like the twentieth, the thirty range. So, you know, depends on who we get. Probably not the best guy. Draft lotteries have always been strange to me. It's just like, if you want to rig it, you can rig it so easily. Right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. I don't know too much about how the whole drafting process works. Yeah, but the Cleveland Guardians win the draft lottery. They will pick number one overall in the draft this upcoming year. Uh, Tyler O'Neill was traded to the Boston Red Sox. Cardinals had a lot of Trade candidates in the outfield. I, I always thought the Dodgers could have used O'Neill or Bader. Um, Carlson's always been a name in there. But O'Neill gets traded to the Red Sox, finally gets a fresh start there. Of course, the Red Sox just traded Verdugo, so they needed an outfielder. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's an upgrade over Verdugo, but, you know, Tyler O'Neill can hit for bombs. So you may be getting a little upgrade right there. Maybe just a little. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what Tyler does with the green monster in left field. A um, couple of minor low-key signings. I'm really not going to touch on them. 
uh, in this podcast here, we have enough news that we just kind of talked about. So, uh, as far as like, there are just a bunch of like relievers under the radar signings. I'm not going to really touch on them. Anything else you want to add before we move on to fair or foul? No, that's pretty much it. Covered everything. Awesome, awesome. All right, ready for fair or foul? Let's do it. Alrighty, fair or foul? Cheese is tasteless and doesn't add any value to a dish. Foul. You put cheese on a burger, it's ten times better. 100% foul. Cheese in a taco? Hard shell tacos? It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm not sure who made up this hot take, but it, it's pretty. It's not a really good one. <laughs> um, that is 100% foul. I'm not sure how cheese has ever been tasteless. I mean, I don't know what cheese you're eating, but... Has that person, like, never had nachos before? Like, <laughs> a quesadilla? I mean, cheese is in, uh, a staple in everything. So, I'm not it sure really where that is. came from. But that's definitely foul. Um, fair or foul, hot dogs over burgers any day? Foul. Hot dogs, to me... They're a nice meal. I don't mind them. I just, I know with certain hot dog brands, they're not really the best for you. And like, they kind of have a lot of microfibers in them. I'm not saying that beef is the best, but just personally, uh, I'm choosing a burger every day. Nothing beats a good hamburger. Foul. So you wouldn't choose a Dodge Dog over a McDouble? I definitely choose a double double over a Dodger dog. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hot dogs are are fine. Uh, but I, I I don't eat hot dogs. Like I'm not getting a hot dog first thing anywhere I go. I'm, I'm definitely picking a burger. So that is also going to be a foul for me as well. I mean, burgers are one of the best things in American food. It's hard to beat a burger, right? You can't beat a good burger. Not even the best hot dog could. So. I'm going to go foul. Yeah, I think everyone should say foul on that, honestly. And lastly, fair or foul, Nutella is just sugary hazelnut paste. Nutella. I've never actually really had Nutella, only like at friends' houses. It's not really in my house. But I am going to say fair on that. You know, I've, I've looked at the ingredients a few times, and it does kind of just look like chocolatey, sugary paste. So, yeah, I'm going to say fair on that. I'm going to go foul. I'm going to go foul. I am a avid Nutella consumer, and it's it's really good. I mean, it may be bad stuff in there for you, but you know what, man? You put a Nutella sandwich together, you dunk some... Uh, Little uh, nutty butter cookies in them. Oh, like, God. Like, it's really good. So, the, like, like with bread? What do you mean? You just said, like, a Nutella sandwich. Like, just Nutella? Yeah. With cookies in it. Not with cookies. I'm saying that's just another thing. 
Yeah, that's a hard foul. Oof. Foul all the way. That's how you eat Nutella. Most people eat them with a like a sandwich, like I said. Not not two breads, not two pieces of bread. You just get no one. toast. No, you just get one piece of bread, spread it out, and then you just fold it in half. One Nutella sandwich. And then for me, I dunk my little nut and butter cookies into Nutella. So um, I'm I'm avid, I'm an avid Nutella consumer, so um, I'm gonna go foul on that. Okay, no, yeah, I'm gonna have to go fair. Like, I'm a, I'm gonna pass on Nutella every time I see it now, just because of that. I'll I'll take a pop tart. <laughs> Give me a pop tart. <laughs> you do that. Um, any other final thoughts on this podcast? It was the 10 year anniversary of Kobe's Achilles tearing. And I think it was the anniversary of it tearing or him returning. So I, I did see a couple posts on that. Just a, just a reminder out there of Kobe, you know, what he's done for the Lakers, this great city of LA. So shout out to Kobe. I'm pretty sure it was the anniversary of him returning. Him returning. Yes. Yes. Him returning. So, uh, yeah, I remember that day pretty fondly. Um, but, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens here over this weekend as far as the baseball news is concerned. Shohei Otani, if we have to break an emergency podcast this weekend, we could do it. We will be following this storyline as it goes along. Um, the earliest you're going to see us is Monday. Um, or the latest next Friday as well. But just been look up with the podcast. Share, review, like, turn the notice on. We really appreciate all the support. With that being said, we're going to sign off on Dodge and Intervene, and we will talk to you guys again next time. Go Dodgers. Thank you, viewers, and anybody new for watching. Make sure to review, like the podcast, follow, all that good stuff. Wherever you are, have a safe and a healthy one. And lastly, like always, go Dodgers.